people are still on their way coming, but I think we have too many exciting things coming up today to waste time. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Just lift up your voice unto the Lord for a few minutes. Just thank God for a second day of this evangelistic conference, the place where we have come to be reminded of things and to be charged up. Hallelujah. I believe that the Lord is going to show himself today. I'm happy to announce that Bishop Ogo is in town. And I am just preparing the way. I am just preparing the way. Preparing the way. You know. Hallelujah. Jesus, your name brings life. Jesus, your name above every other. Jesus, your name is love. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for a second day of this wonderful conference. Thank you for your presence throughout yesterday. We ask that your presence will be here today as well. Thank you for all that you have already established. Thank you for what you are going to do. We are grateful. As your word comes this morning, I ask that the Spirit will take over. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Do what you will do. Say what you will say, because that is what will bless us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. I want to believe that you are enjoying the conference and already making plans to do something powerful for the Lord. Amen? Hey, are you awake this morning? Ask your neighbor, what did you eat that is bringing such dullness around? Shake yourself. Shake yourself a little bit. Shake yourself a little. I didn't want us to get into dancing and things because you start to sweat and then your brains will not be working. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that does not mean that a spirit of dullness should be here. Amen. I think that the Lord has been really good to us and we've had a good first day. And I believe that it's going to be a better second day. If you believe that, put your hands together also for the Lord. Amen and amen. We've been talking about evangelism and we're going to continue speaking about it. My prayer is that a fire will be kindled in you. Amen. One of the things I was so happy about when Bishop Fred was, was um, preaching yesterday, I was so happy when he was talking about the fact that he started where he was, started with what he had. 
Many times we are preparing, making plans upon plans for no point. No, I mean, I don't even know what, what exactly. And in the end, we don't do anything. But it is changing and it has changed. This morning, I want to just spend some time talking about something that came up yesterday. I was telling you in the last session that I almost changed my message. Then I remembered, I remembered that the Lord had just told me if something is repeated, it means that is, it's the point. It's the point, yeah, it's the point. <laughs> it's the point. Tell your neighbor, it is the point. You know, so it came up twice yesterday. It's coming up again today, and I'm happy to speak to you about the elder brother phenomenon. The elder brother phenomenon. Let's go to Luke chapter 15. That is where we meet the elder brother. The elder brother phenomenon. Luke chapter 15, we are starting from verse 11. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, say a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the Lord and the, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make to be merry. Now the elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots. This thy son. Tell your neighbor, this thy son. <laughs> thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and is lost, and is found. Hallelujah. Amen. The elder brother phenomenon. I believe that if this message has come up again and again, 
I think that the reason is because the elder brother is here. But <laughs> before I start getting into my message, I would like to just draw a couple of things or say a couple of things which I think are important about this elder brother. Because much of what we will say today is not so positive about him. So allow me to draw out the positives before we go into the other side so that the elder brother does not begin to look like a bad man. Yeah, because he's not a bad man at all. He's not a bad man at all. At the beginning of the story, we meet him at the beginning of the story in Luke 15 verse 11. When the Bible talks about this man who has two sons and the younger one rises up. Please do something about this sound. It's not helping me. I'm having to shout. A certain man, he has two sons. The younger one rises up and says, Daddy, I cannot wait for you to die. I need the portion of my inheritance now. <laughs> Tell me about what a son. <laughs> what a son. You know, so that's the son with whom we have problems. And many times, we speak about the prodigal son, and we are happy that at least when he fell, he had the good sense to turn around and come back. But what I want to draw your attention to is the second part, the second sentence in this verse 12. When the younger son had asked for the goods, the Bible says, and he divided unto them his living. In other words, what the younger son got, the older son also got. But the younger son used his to turn his mind and change and go on a far country. But the older son, he had also received. He had also become a wealthy man. He had also become somebody who now had houses and whatever, cars and properties. But he chose to stay with his father. Hallelujah. And we should not lose sight of that. That he stayed with his father. Yeah. The younger one went to a far country. I don't want anybody to talk my matter. But the elder son, he stayed. For as long as you are staying in your father's house, no matter your age, he's talking your matter. Oh, you are very quiet. Yeah. That's why when you marry, you try to take your wife and go and stay somewhere. Because if you stay in the house, ah, when we are proud of you, we'll remember that you are there. <laughs> are you in the house? <laughs> I remember when my first son, our first son got married and um, he and his wife were coming back to Kumasi. They are actually, they were on their way to missions, but they needed to be around. I told them, you are staying here only one month, then you move. Because for as long as you are here, I'll be standing there, I've forgotten that you have a wife. Any morning when life is interesting, I'll be standing there calling. Hey, Nikki, come, I have to go and look. But this elder son, he was not moved by that. He decided to stay. Not only that, let me draw your mind to just one more thing. You see, you can see that the guy was not bad. The Bible says that verse 25, now the elder son was in the field. So as he stayed with his father, he continued working with him. In the field, that we don't go to the field to have fun. He was working. The field represents whatever they were doing that was bringing them whatever it was bringing. 
So he was a faithful person. He was in the church. He had been in the church from the beginning. And as he used to serve in the church, he was still serving in the church. Whether he was being an usher. Because many people, as soon as God prospers them, they stop working in the church. You were a chorister till you married. When you married, no pet, you have found a reason not to sing again. I don't know whether marriage and your voice are inversely proportional or to each other or what. I don't know what it is. But if you go and you start to count the number of choristers who are married, who are in the choir, it's very few. Meanwhile, there's nothing written somewhere. When thou marriest, thou shalt no longer sing. Or thou shalt no longer singest. There's nothing like that. <laughs> you were an usher. You knew how to come to church early. To clean. To carry things. To move things here, move it there. As soon as you have become the manager of something somewhere, you say, hey, you cannot again. You are very quiet. But it is real. It is real. It is real. That is why when somebody went and met one of our specialists in cat, he met him in one of our churches on the bass guitar. He said, hey! He was shocked. The man, he said, he said, he said, he said a senior doctor. He's still playing the bass. Because he, you know them that when they are, where is George? This age, that's where they are playing bass. As soon as... Hmm, some small property has come. But not so with the elder son. He was still in the house and he made himself relevant in the house. Amen. And it's important to take note of it. It's important to it because many of us become too big. Yeah. When God prospers us small, then we take off. So don't be fooled by him. He's an A1 brother. That's what we call that. Hey, A1. He's an A1. It's a good place to put your hands together for him. Hallelujah. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, and this is where the elder brother phenomenon begins to manifest. There was also another side to this man. Another side. He had stayed with his father. He had served his father and he was continuing to serve his father. In fact, he was a loyal brother. Yeah, he was a loyal brother. He was a righteous brother. He was doing what was right in the eyes of the father. That's what it means to be righteous. However, oh, you mind me again. However, he lacked some important things that would have made his a, a one nature. When we say A one, it's like the best. Something that would have made his A oneism good. Uh -huh. It would have made it attractive, or it would have made it better. He lacked a number of things, and these are the things that we are going to focus on a little bit because the elder brother is in church. The elder brother is even well. The elder brother comes to conferences. The elder brother works in the church. The elder brother pays tithe. The elder brother gives his offerings. The elder brother makes sure that the things of the church are moving right. But something was not working. And we want to go through those things. And this thing only came up when the lost was found. Before then, we don't see it. And that is why there are many elder brothers in the church who don't know that they are elder brothers because if the church is not seeking the lost, you will not see or you may not see that the elder brother is there. 
you think that I have a very nice and sweet member. So, what did he lack? A number of things. The first thing I want us to talk about is the fact that the elder brother lacked the vision of the father. He could not see. He had the father's provisions. He had what the father provided, but he didn't have the father's vision. You see, read the story well. The Bible says that when the young man was still afar off, his father saw him. His father saw him. It says, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. How did his father see him? His father saw him because every day he used to go and look for him. Every day he was looking out for the lost. It was not a random looking. This was a father whose eye was looking out for his lost son. And that is how come when the guy was far. You see, when somebody is far, at times you are not even sure that it is the person. You need the person to draw a little closer. So that you will now say, oh, it is this person who is coming. But this father, all the time he was waiting for the son, he had a vision of that son of his. He knew how this guy was. So when he saw somebody coming and throwing one leg, and he knew he was a father. He said, but look, I know that is my son. The father had vision. He could see. Amen. When you have been in a place for some time, sometimes you cannot see. Sometimes you cannot see. Sometimes you cannot see. You see, he had vision. He could see. And our father who is in heaven, he has vision. That's why he sent his son. It made him do something. So you can be there and you are just there. Your mind is not on the missing brother. You see, the elder brother is like, okay, the guy has gone. He has taken his things. We have been hearing rumors of how in the next town he's been misbehaving. Foolish boy, that's all. So his mind was not there. And the elder brother in the church, his mind is not on the winning of souls. And that is why when you bring up the topic and say that we have to win souls, he's the first person to remind you that you don't have a stage. He's the first person to ask you the question, Hey, pastor, so these uh, crusades that you will say we are going to be having, what instruments are we going to be using? Can you not already see that this piano that you are having, no? He's already on his last legs. I, I didn't mention which piano it is. There's a certain piano. <laughs> There's a certain piano. Some days they have to lay hands. Some days they have to knock it and say, come back. Which one are you going to say what? The elder brother, he can't see. He can't see. So he's not looking out for his brother. And that not looking out for his brother is the reason why he behaves in a certain way. Yeah. He does not have your vision. Your vision is what makes you. You don't make your vision. Your vision makes you. So when you have a vision, it makes you do certain things. It makes you go to certain places. Hallelujah. When you don't have a vision, you'll just be there. That's why you see that sometimes the Lord gives us a dream or a vision that becomes a picture in front of us. Yeah. And that picture in front of you now leads to a desire. 
And that desire now makes you do certain things. And before you are aware, it is working. May you receive a vision for the lost. I said, may you receive a vision for the lost. Hallelujah. I have never been an evangelist. But one of the things that encouraged me to evangelize and to do crusades was something that I began to see. In our years up in the north, I would go, my job took me into villages. So even before the church took me into villages, my job took me into villages. And I would go from village to village. And one of the things that we used to do at a point was to, we were the, the part of the warning team when hunger was coming. So you learn to walk in the place. And as you are doing the work you are doing, you are looking for the signs that famine is on the way or hunger is coming. And that brought me to see a certain depth of poverty. And it began to burn in my heart. Because I knew that what I was looking at, at least as far as I could see, I could not see any government that could solve it. I couldn't see any policy in the place I was working that would solve it. I couldn't see anything. But I began to see something. I said, these people have lost on earth. May they not lose in heaven. If they have lost here, may they not lose there. That was what began to stare in me. And that was why, even without being able to speak the language, even without anything, we'll just go. I will just leave my church. We are going. And we'll just get to a place. I'll send them, in fact, just get a place for us. And we would come there. And we would preach. I said, at least, if you have lost it here, the day that you die, and many die early because, because. <laughs> At least you see the face of Jesus. You have given your life to Christ. So it was not because it would affect my church necessarily. But it was because they would get the gospel. God gives you a vision. That vision made that father keep looking. Where is that boy? Where is that boy? Oh God. Send him this way, Lord. Let him come back wherever he is. And that's why when the guy was still far away, he could see. The elder brother did not have that vision. He couldn't see. What is your vision? What are you seeing? Pastor, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? <laughs> hey! The house is very quiet. Yeah. Are you not tired of these same coins that you are polishing? Polishing the same coins. Aren't you tired of preaching to the same people? Are you not tired? Tifree, Nakobebi, why? Go somewhere. Tifree. No, it is true. You don't even know that you are called. But when you Tifree and you go, you'll be surprised. I will never, re look, I will not forget my shock. When I went to preach one of my father's messages somewhere, and prayed the kind of prayers my father prayed. And some people said that they were healed. I think I was the biggest unbeliever there. <laughs> As they were coming, then they would testify. I had migraines. It is gone. I had this. I came here with that. I was like, eh, hey, hey, oh, okay. Hey, hey. Ah, really? I was so surprised. One day I was preaching. One of his favorites, my favorite messages, I have the favorite ones, you see. That's why I keep coming back to the book. I have my favorite ones. I was preaching one of my favorite ones. I've not even finished. You see. <laughs> that one is based on a scripture. It's based on a scripture in 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 1, 5, somewhere. 
something like 1 John 5, 7, 8, something like that. There are three powers on earth. You know, then it talks about the spirits, the blood, and I was talking about it. And then demons started coming out of people. I was like, ah. Eh. Okay, okay. When you have your, you realize that you are called. As you are sitting down teaching the elder brothers in the church, eh, you will not believe you are called, though. I won't lie to you. Hmm. They are the ones who tell you that, oh, Pastor, I need you. We preach you, we preach you, not caca crap. They have been listening to you every Sunday. They are no longer impressed. They are the ones who tell that, oh, so last month, who call conference? This month, who call conference? That's the elder brother. <laughs> he doesn't have your vision. He doesn't understand what is going on. Let us move on. Now, another thing that we see that the father had, but the elder brother didn't have, was purpose a certain purpose you see a certain purpose the father had a purpose his purpose was to win back his lost son the older brother didn't share that purpose the purpose he had was to keep the church exactly how it is if the church has 20 members can we make it just 21? It's enough. We don't need a crowd. <laughs> but the father had a purpose to get back his lost son. And we see it in the way that he behaved. We see him looking. We see him running. We see him hugging the boy. I mean, he, because his purpose was being achieved. You see, as believers, we sometimes have a different purpose from God. And actually, that is the reason for a lot of wrong preaching. When I say wrong preaching, what you are saying is the truth. It is true. But it is not the main reason for the gospel. It is true. I would that thou wouldest prosper and be in health. It's true. It's a scripture. But it's not the main point of the gospel. For goodness sake, Jesus didn't come to die so that you would drive a Lamborghini. Come on. Come on. That was not the main reason. If you drive a Lamborghini, it's a side effect. It's a side effect. It's not the main effect. Amen. Sometimes we lose sight of God's purpose. His purpose is that souls will be saved. That is what is in front of him. And it makes him do particular things. The story is told. A true story, actually. This story was a story Yonggi Cho told in one of his books. And he said that, you know, South Korea is a Buddhist um, place. And it's in those days, even more so than now. And he said, he had an elder in his church who was a very powerful soul winner and worker in the church. And everybody loved the man. And the man got ill. So when he got ill, as a church that has prayed and seen many um, people healed, they began to pray. And they prayed and they prayed. And as they prayed, they were expecting the man to get healed. But the healing was not coming. And they continued to pray and pray, and the healing was not coming. Eventually, the man was admitted to the hospital. They said, it's a very serious thing. We have to do this. We have to do that. And the church was praying. And the church was praying. And the church was praying. But the man was there. Now, as the man lay in the hospital, his doctor was a Buddhist. The nurses were Buddhist. The cleaners were Buddhist. The patients were Buddhist. 
So, he was there. Please, settle down quickly. And as he lay there, he began to look at the Buddhists around him. And so, with a weak voice, he began to talk to the one next door, lying next to him. Do you know Jesus? Jesus is the one who came to give his life for you. And the patient was saved. Gave his life to Christ. He witnessed to the other patients. He witnessed to the nurse. He witnessed to the next nurse. He witnessed to the doctor. He witnessed to the, to the uh, medical students coming. He, by the time the man was ready to go home, the whole floor, everybody on the floor had given their lives to Christ. What is my purpose in telling you this story? In other words, yes, God wants you to be well, but if it is your sickness that is going to put you in the place where, you see, God knew I can count on this guy. If I place him there, he will witness. God allowed him to go there. And truly, truly, as he witnessed what happened, people were saved. People were saved. People were saved. People were saved. Hallelujah. That was the father's purpose. His purpose is that people will be saved. If you have to escape a meal or two for people to be saved, he will allow you to miss that meal or two. And so all our preaching, that makes it sound as though God is afraid to let us even go through anything that is not so correct. It's not true. If you're going through the thing that is not correct, if that thing will bring forth a soul, he will allow it. He will allow it. I said he will what? He will allow it. So let's preach the right gospel. Hallelujah. His purpose, that was his only purpose when Jesus was coming on earth. And that's why when Jesus came, he didn't even give Jesus a proper house to live in. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And the reason was because, listen, as you have put yourself in human body, it is only when you move from one place to another that you can open your mouth and speak. So keep moving. Keep moving. Yeah, keep moving. You will not even have a wife to say that as I go, I have to return to my wife. You have nothing to return to as you have landed. Your only purpose is to go and say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Keep preaching. So he didn't even give him what he has given you. I said our Father did not even give to Jesus Christ what he has given you. Hey. That's his purpose. Yeah, what is your purpose? You see why sometimes we are not doing well? Because we have another purpose. His purpose is to win the loss at any cost, including the cost of your life. Uh, you are very quiet again. <laughs> I said including the cost of your life. If it is your dying, that will do it. You will die. <laughs> uh, or you think people didn't die as they were bringing the gospel to us? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people died for the gospel to reach us. A lot of people. Yeah. Bishop Freddie, I don't know if you remember this story. You see, when Bishop Freddie went to Boku, I remember the Boku church was not working in the beginning. It wasn't working at all. Then my husband said to him, find another church and add. Somewhere you can preach that is a little close. 
And so he started the Misiga Church, which is just on the outskirts of Boko. And suddenly that church began to grow. So we couldn't explain it. It is like saying you are in where? I'm looking for a small town outside. Well, this is not small. You are in Besiasi. So you have started your church in Kumasi, and the Kumasi is not working, and you have gone to Besiasi, a little town. And that one is working more than uh-huh, the city. I remember that you even used to bring your worship leaders from Besiasi to Edum. Yeah, before that church started working. And we never understood why. We always just said, well, something. Until one day when we met Don George, an old preacher who our father invited to come and preach in the um, lighthouse. In those days, we had just one cathedral. And Don George had a remarkable story to tell. And he said that he was a man in his 60s. By now, he should be in his 80s or 90s. And he said he had come to Ghana as a young man to visit a friend of his who had come as a missionary to Ghana and had lost his son. His young, I think the son was about 20 years old. And he said, so as soon as he could, he came to visit the son. He said at that time, there was no road to Boku. This man was in Misiga or in Boku. And he said, it took him how many weeks? I don't remember. But they literally cut their road from Accra to Boku. And he finally got there to visit the friend. And he heard the story. The friend said that, the missionary said, one day, it was Christmas day, and his son came and said, Daddy, let us go and win souls. It's Christmas day, let's give Jesus a present. And so they went to a village to have a crusade, a little gathering there, to win souls for Jesus. And as the sun was working on the generator for the generator to work, the thing exploded in fire. And the young man was injured. And he was taken to the Boko Hospital and he died. He's actually, I actually went to see the grave. He's been buried there. I remember as we listened to the story, those of us from the north, we were standing and we were crying. Suddenly we understood the fruit that was coming out of Misiga. Somebody's blood had fallen there. A missionary had paid a price and that price was bearing fruit all the way, 30, 40 years after still bearing fruit. If it is your life that will need to go. So that somebody <laughs> you see this morning you are very quiet because you are like oh God I like my life. <laughs> I'm happy to remind you oh, he said Jesus said he who will save his life will lose it. But he who will give his life for the sake of my gospel he will keep it. Are you in the house? Yeah. Sometimes we go through things. You see, there are so many times it's time for us to go. You see, if we don't go and preach the gospel right now, something will happen to us. Because this generation of Christians is responsible. It's responsible for this generation of unbelievers. It's not another generation that's responsible. So when the time comes for you to go somewhere, you go. You go. You are a parent. You feel that, oh, I've sent my child to school. My child is now at this day, and I say that. You say you want to send him on missions. No, 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 child, no, never. Hey. 
Be careful. It's my child. I can, can you? I want to ask you whether the life of your child is in your hand. Have you not seen people with children that they have brought up and the child has become anything walking around? You haven't seen it? You don't know that that child that you have has only survived because God has allowed it. And now God says, let me have that child. And you said, what? Or maybe it's you yourself he's sending. Maybe I shouldn't go there. <laughs> are you there? As you are saying beautiful, if we, if we stretch our hand like this and say, Tims, move it. Uh, you are now saying, hey. No, no, no. What is God's purpose? His purpose is that man will be saved. You know, many people, or everybody knows John 3.16, that what? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whomsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting. What about verse 17? For God sent not his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the, what? Through him will be saved. That was his purpose. So he sent him to die. And when he's coming for yours, you say no. You say no. Please, oh, he's my only son. Have you not seen people with only son who have been traveling somewhere and they have died? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I, I have one son who's a missionary. I pray that all three. <laughs> hey, you're hard. I'm not hard at all. When the first one, as for him, we knew he was going on missions. When it was time for him to go, I was sitting at a meeting. In fact, it wasn't a meeting. It was an exam. And um, there was a panel. I was part of the panel. And my phone was on the table. And suddenly, I saw a message from my husband. I opened it. And in it, he had put it on the family page that he's, they are going. He and Nikki and Francine are going. And they are taking This is the ticket with the date. I sat there in the middle of people and I began to cry. Meanwhile, I had released them. I knew that they were going to go. I said, excuse me. And I went to the bathroom. And when I went, I just stood there. I wasn't crying silently. I was, <laughs> I was wondering who would hear me. When I finished, I came and I sat down <laughs> to continue the exam. <laughs> and then the examiners, they were like, I said, wait, they, should, they were going to call the next student. I said, hold on. And the tears just started to fall. By the grace of God, I was surrounded by men who had gone as missionaries and come. I said, I'm okay. It's just that I'd seen this thing and, and they began to, they just ministered to me for a few minutes. After I was okay. I was okay. But I told them, I said, I will not see you off to the airport. It's not for any reason. No. I don't want your last memory of me that I'm crying. But I remember the day. I was sitting on my house on a, in my house on a Sunday. I was about to come to church. There are three hours ahead of us. And he sent us the picture. The first time he was here at preach. And there was a line of Madagascans giving their life to Christ. And I stood up and I said, Jesus, it was worth it. It was worth it. Then recently, our father... As he was leading us to pray, then he said, I need six doctors for Ethiopia. Then something hit my heart. I said, Kai, the second one is gone. <laughs> hey, as soon as he said it, something just started. Ash, ash, ash. The second one is gone. He's gone. Then I sent my husband a text. My husband sent a text. No, my husband sent a text to me. And then he said, He has just called Bishop that he's going to Ethiopia. And my tears started. But as my tears started, I told myself, I'm crying here, but don't tell them I'm crying. Their tears, their tears, they will dry. And I said, I'm now trotting, I'm waiting. Number three has to also go. And you are sitting down there. Listen, you can't do anything about it. You better just let go. 
just let go. We also went. We were sitting in Norway. Do you know Norway? Norway is nicer than the U.S. When I hear the U.S. making noise, I wonder what they're making your noise about. They don't travel. They say, oh, the standard of living is very high. It's because you have not been over there. When you go there, that's when you know what standard of living is. When you're a woman, you have a baby in the U.S., you have not even healed and you have to go back to work. Over there, even as a PhD student, I had eight months in the house. They were paying me to be there because I got a baby. Oh, I don't even start. Are you there? And we came back from there. Bishop said, Tamale, and we went. You see, today, Tamale is a beautiful town. It's got glass buildings and a road. But when we went there, there was no road. We lived somewhere. We used to travel 23 kilometers to come and make a call. And when you get to the payphone, the thing is spoiled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we'll come down south and we'll see all our friends driving their proper cars wearing suits. Over there in Charlie, the dust was. Yeah, yeah, that's the heat. What suit? <laughs> I said, I'm asking you, what suit? What are you talking about? But if I can describe for you the happiness, I wish I could describe it. I don't have words. I don't have words. As we watched, we got there. The first service, it was just our family. My husband, myself, my sister who is somewhere. Yvonne, where are you? She's somewhere. She's over there. Lady Pastor Yvonne, one of our nieces in call, and our three children. That's the first meeting. I remember as where my husband was taking the offering. I started, you know, a laugh was coming. Now you said this is a church. <laughs> All of us are putting the same person's money inside the same pot. But by the grace of God, the church began to grow. I said the church began to grow. The church began to grow. Yeah. You see. You are sitting there, you say you are protecting your thing. You are protecting what? What are you protecting? I'm just asking. Let it go. You see, that's why yesterday when this young man was preaching and he was walking up and down here, I, sometimes I couldn't sit. I was like, Ash, he was a small boy when he joined the church. We have preached. We have preached. I have blasted him more than anybody that I know. Well, when he was standing here, walking here, saying that he's praying, that praying, he started it in my house. He'll pray in the morning, then he'll be washing my husband's car. Come You come And I will open the window and say, Freddie, listen, there are more people here also having quiet time. You are shouting too much. But can you understand how blessed I feel when he's here, hopping up and down the stage, and I can see the anointing of God on him? In fact, when I went back, I, I checked with him. The last time I visited him, he had 14 branches. Now it's 19. How many more? Are ch are, are five more people are on the border. You don't understand what it is to start one church there. You are, if I send you to a foreign here, you have excuse. Are you there? Hey, the church is very quiet again. Hey! <laughs> yeah, that's the Lord's purpose. And as you fill the purpose, fulfill the purpose, that's where your joy comes from. That's where. I sent the bishop a, a text the other day. I said, I thank God that I have lived long enough to see what is even coming out. Because one day I was on the floor, I was crying. I, was I sent a text that some of you remember. It was a particular flow. Because as the churches were passing, I remembered standing in the village and I remember I was preaching when it started raining. But today, there's a church building in Kambonaile. Today, it's a building. It's a building. 
father's purpose. You are in the church doing what? Elder brothers, oh, they'll kill you earlier, I tell you. <laughs> you just, you have to hear what some church members do to their pastor. A pastor friend of mine moved his church out of Kumasi to the, I think either Sophia or a man from area, somewhere there, you know. When he moved the church, he started to bust the people. Hmm. If you know the expense of busing. But do you know what killed me? He, two stories he told me, they, they removed the spirit from me. One Sunday he was in the church when somebody drove his car to the church and then came to see, Pastor, tell accountant to give me the money for my fuel that I've used to come to church. Do you understand? He said when the bus came, the bus was full. So since he had a car, he has driven to the place. <laughs> I hadn't recovered from that story. Then he added another one. He said, <laughs> another time, when the bus was full, this group of about four or five, they came and said, ah, any suffer, you're better for trotro. We're going to take trotro. Please let the accountant come and stand there and pay our trotro fare. If you stay with the elder brother in the church, I tell you, he will finish your life. He will finish your life. He doesn't have one mind on the purpose. If your mind is on the purpose of the father, how can you come and stand there to ask for trotrofe? Just because you have come to church. Please sit down. We are still continuing. I'm not done yet. You see, the elder brother represents somebody who has the father's prosperity. I know many pastors, you are praying that somebody who is prosperous will join your church. Because the truth is that we run the church. We even pay ourselves from the tithes that are paid. So when a prosperous person, you see if a hairdresser joins your church, she may be faithful in her tithe, you know. But honestly speaking, it may be... Something small. If she has given her best... 50 cities. Because her income is like 500. If she's a very good hairdresser, 100. So the truth is that she's your member. You love her but maybe the financial weight is not there. So when somebody comes, the person is a wealthy person, an obesious obontia, who's pay, when he puts his tithe in, chale, then it's like, whoosh, Lord, send me more of those. More of those, more of those. No, no, I know people, when they put their tithe in it, can bankroll the whole church for some time, you see. And this guy had the prosperity. But that prosperity was the very reason why he didn't have his mind on the father's priorities. He was rather chasing the prosperity to make sure he didn't finish. Prosperous people are very welcome in the church. But Jesus was the one who told us that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a prosperous, prosperous person to go to heaven. And we will do well to heed his counsel. Because the prosperous person entering your church can easily control you because of what he's bringing. You see, this building, we have been building it for years. Most of my people in the church, 70% students, 
30% hairdressers, cooks, small kiosk owners, national service. So in fact, if you see the number of tithes versus the amount of the tithe, you say, oh God, is it possible? Because for tithing, they tithe. Each month I have about 200, 250, 300. That's about one-fourth, one-fifth of the church paying tithe without a fuss. Are you there? Building is slow. Building is painful. But when I say, let's go preach, they say, where? When I say, all leaders of this group, we are doing crusade. They'll say, yeah, mommy, we are shivering. As they say they are shivering, they have picked the uh, rechargeable whatever. I'll get a picture. I've gone. I've got permit. We'll stand here. We'll do. Oh, yeah. But if I'd had the prosperous ones, I'm not sure they could have survived with me. Uh, Lord, it doesn't mean you shouldn't send a couple of them, please. <laughs> it will help us, Lord. But uh, I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. They don't have much. So when you say they're flexible, they just flow with you like that. Flow. I come and stand here one day. What they know is that their pastor is a, 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 a what? It's a pastor. One day I woke up. I said, Blessed Salvation Crusade. We are going to Tumu. They say, How far? Yeah. They didn't ask me any funny question. Later I said, Oh, we are going to the Northeast region. They say, hey, Where is that? Can we come some? We went. But these prosperous people, like the elder son, and it is amazing that a father like the father of Luke 15 could produce a son like the elder son. But the truth is that it is fully possible for you to be an anointed pastor and yet your children don't resemble you. Your children don't resemble you. I mean, our father is a, 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 a very anointed father. But he also has some children who don't resemble him. Yeah. Mm. Ask yourself if you resemble your father. You know, it's one of the things, you see, it's one of the things. And we see this again, 2 Kings chapter 5. In 2 Kings chapter 5, we see a father who, who gave birth to a son that you just wonder. Here is Elisha. Elisha's spiritual father was Elijah. When Elijah was going, Elijah said, what should I give you? He didn't say, I want your car. He didn't say, I want your house. He didn't say, I want his eye was only on the anointing. The anointing you have, I want it double. That's all he asked for. Some of you ladies, you'd have been asking for the handbag. You had been asking for. <laughs> the gentleman, you have been asking, can I have your, 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 your mobile phone? But Elisha, he wanted the anointing. So you should ask yourself, let's go to verse 20, please. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he bought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take something from him. You should ask yourself, how? He said, oh, but it's not his son, he was a servant. Please, remember that before Elijah, Elisha became a son, he was a servant. He began as a servant. He was moving as a servant before he began to desire the anointing. He saw a lot of things. And here was Gehazi also seeing a lot of things. But he didn't look. I want that anointing that can instruct Naaman to just go and wash himself in the river and come. He didn't see that what he saw was that Naaman is a very rich man. Captain of a... I mean, it is as though the DNA has changed. 
Those of us who are in UD, we should be careful. Our DNA is changing. Our DNA is changing. In fact, our DNA has changed. I'm sorry. Yeah, it has changed. Where is the outreach? When we used to say outreach on Saturday, it was outreach, not visitation. Choir used to go on outreach for the choir. Ashes will go on outreach for the ashes. Instrumentalists will go on outreach for instrumentalists. The children's church, they will do their own. FCBPI, breakfast meeting. Women of Direction, breakfast meeting. Today, where are we? If you don't beg me, I'll continue. I'll go there. If you don't say, I'll stop. <laughs> Today, unless the main bishop or the main pastor of a, 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 a overseer says, we are doing a crusade. Otherwise, we are sitting down like bread that has fallen into water. As if we are not children of a bona fide evangelist. One of the greatest evangelists of our time. He has the greatest crusades ever. And we are there. Hey, Pastor, but I don't have... You have started again. Listen, one day I was praying about this. I heard Tumu. I said, I'm going to Tumu. That's what Pastor said. That's what I like him. Anything I say, I say, oh, mommy, it will work. We didn't have a stage. Bishop Freddy said that he had a portable speaker. We didn't have that one too. Or at least it didn't occur to us to carry it to Tumu. We didn't do it. So we arrived there. Did groundwork. Arrived with our hands and our feet. What is in Tumu? Let's go and look. Okay. This one has a stage. Please, can we borrow this church? Can we borrow your stage? They were very kind. They put it there. It had no wood. We had to find wood and put on it. Then, hey, we need sound though. As we move down, have, do you know the sound that comes from the funeral? Yeah. We put it there. Temperature was, at that time, about 45 degrees. I remember one of our guys, the battery of his phone began to boil. No, literally, the phone began to just swell like that. Yeah. But we preached the gospel. We preached it and we went and we came. You are waiting for what? Prosperity. What you need is a heart. When you go, you will meet something. Hmm. Hmm. Unless you don't know that it is the priority. But if you know that it's the priority, you don't have to even go that far. What is happening around your church? What's happening? You see, the reason why your church members are so beastly is that they are bored. They don't have anything to do. So when they look up, they torment you. Call all of them. Give them work. Every young man in the church must be tired. The young lady, they should be so tired they'll forget to quarrel. Ladies, we quarrel. Stop pretending as if we don't. We quarrel. Stop it. Monjai. <laughs> I told you yesterday the truth will deliver you. It will deliver you. We quarrel. Yesterday in my house, somebody did something. I was going to quarrel. I just opened the gate. They said, Mommy, are you going? Are you not? I said, I'm walking. It's okay. <laughs> I'm walking to church. <laughs> I said, Lord, today I am not falling inside this temptation. I won't say I'm going. Because we quarrel. It's in our DNA. It's in our blood. Hey, you are very quiet looking at me innocently. Look at my nice lady. It's us. It is us. It is us. Oh, mommy, I don't quarrel. Oh. When they do, I'm just quiet. That quietness. That quietness. That one. That one. 
that quietness is something. When they ask you, what is wrong? Oh, nothing. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. It'd be lie. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me try and move on. The elder brother, he had his father's house. Bishop Freddy told us yesterday, he didn't have his heart. It was the heart that was moving him. He had his father's estate, but he didn't have the estimate of his soul. When you see what Jesus paid for his soul, that it was blood, it makes everything worthwhile. We used to go from place to place. And for me, moving into the rural areas with bishops' books is what I love doing. Because I keep on meeting pastors who need it. The pastors in the city, they feel they don't need it, even though they need it more. Oh, yes, but I don't want to go there. But those in the rural, they know that I need something. But when you go, you know that you will not be able to sell the books. You have to give them away. Or you have to give the price so low that how to go and come Christ a case. And that I was praying about it. And that's when I realized by the grace of God that if I can add the winning of souls to it, then it's okay. Because the price of even one soul, that's how come we went to Tumu. We were going there with books. I said, if we can add one soul, we have won. If only one convert will come to Christ. Amen. Let's go back and find our DNA, UD churches. What described us and what defined us, it was the winning of souls. It was the starting of branches. I'm looking all over Kumasi. I don't know when last a branch was started. And when it started, it is so slow. Hey, I think I should get out of hot water, eh? <laughs> Pastors, what I'm saying is it true or it's not true? So why are you angry with me? As you are there, you are all preachers in one church. When last did you send somebody out? That's why your ashes are facing you. That's why your your what? And then you say we are training them. What training did you have before you went? Didn't you learn on the job? Oh, me, I fell down. Uh, many things I didn't understand. <coughs> the child is agreeing with me. <laughs> Amen. It is in our blood. If you start, you've, and the messages, they're all here. They're all here. Preach it to your church first. Preach to them about Lazarus and the rich man. You see, I didn't want to get stuck in books this morning. I'm waiting for Bishop Ogo first. This one. Seven great principles. Seven great principles. Seven great principles. Please, Carter. All right, where's Hannah? Is she here? I need somebody. Gloria, you are her size. It will work. Arrive. Who is in the You see that my church members know it already. Who is in the middle? MFR. Arrive. Hey. Hmm. Let me see if the difference in size is good enough. Hmm. Yes, Gideon, please, MFR, allow me to change you. Gideon, come. Preach it to your church because they think they understand salvation. They don't. Principle number one of the first chapter. Man, please, I put them as three, but they're actually one person because you are spirit, soul, and body. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. You are teaching, oh, teach your church first. When you are not saved, your spirit is there, but it is dead. 
Like every dead thing, it has to change. So you are born again. We've got to change you. I need another small person. I'm looking. I can't find a small person. Sit down. April, where are you? Arrive. Fast, fast, fast. Ah, you didn't offer yourself too. <laughs> so now there's a change. They begin to understand that when I was born again, my spirit changed. They understand it. So now when you go to the next principle and you say that the spirit of the unsaved man is dead. And what? Desperately wicked. We're talking about the spirit. Then you tell them, you see, but the body is the same. I said, now they say, but the spirit of the saved man is righteous and truly holy. They say, eh, really? They say, eh, but I'm still doing what I'm, eh, we are because we have not come to the body and we have not come to the soul. But your spirit there, it is with God. Then you continue teaching. You say, but when you don't have your quiet time. The Bible says in Romans 12 too, it says that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your soul is your mind and emotions. You have not touched it. You will continue fornicating. Because insofar as you have not changed it, there's an alliance between these two people. So when spirit says, let us go and fast. Let us go and fast. That's no chance. That's no chance. It can't go in fast. Are you there? But when they start to, you start to work on yourself. That's for your body. It will never change. Ha! It will never, it will never, how it is, so it is. It will never change. If you like, joke with it. Hmm. That's why when you joke with it, some holy people have fallen. They didn't know their body had not changed. It was the same ungodly desires. By the time you are done, they understand that for these people to be strong enough, spirit must grow to be in charge. Hey! My chief photo- photographer, please come. You have studied word. You have chewed word. You have prayed. You have fasted. Your spirit is no longer the size of a child. But your spirit is now a macho man. And your spirit tells your soul, we are going to fast. And you, this now, instead of linking here, no, 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 now you can't link. The link is now here. And then body says, I don't feel like fasting. And says, I'm going to pull them in. They say, you are not a lie. We shall fast. Yeah. By the time you finish teaching your church, they begin to understand. And then you can take them through the second principle, the third principle. Then you begin to teach them the stories in here. Oh, the church is moving. You're good to go. Thank you, gentlemen. Hallelujah. I'm getting happy this morning. So let me quickly give you the true features of a good son. If you are a child of Bishop Dag, this is particularly for you. But everybody is welcome because it is still true. A true son must have the father's feet. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, the Bible says that when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran. And ran. Our father is running. Oh, what are you doing? Every day, missionaries are being sent. Every day, churches are being opened. You are still in the one church we sent you to 16 years ago. The spirit of God is almost dead in you. The reason is because you are standing in one place. You the pastors, it's time to run. Get up and start opening branches. Get up and start sending people. Get up and start preaching the gospel one more time. 
The guy ran. He wasn't walking. Your feet are important. Isaiah 52 and verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good news. In those days, every good news was carried by somebody who is running. But today, it is still with you. And it is now our time to run. And by the grace of God, you are not just running with your feet. You are running with technology. You are running by sending people. You are running in so many different ways. You don't have a means to preach the gospel. Take your phone. Preach. Facebook Live, how much do you pay? And you see, <laughs> Sister Joy, you see, it's because you have cameras. Let me not lie to you. Do you know when we bought cameras? Do you know when we bought cameras? You don't mind me. We bought the cameras the day before lockdown. Until then. Uh, do you have a phone? <laughs> so we were on Facebook Live, but everything you were seeing. Yeah, we were using Facebook Live. Meanwhile, you have gone to buy this, your Android phone, nice phone that you have bought, 1,500. You're only using it to take photographs, and you're only using it to send WhatsApp messages to, to, to your, minute, to your uh, members who are not minding you. You are just using it to flex and put it in your pocket. Put it to use. Put it to use. I said, put it to use. How do you learn to preach the gospel? By copying somebody. Oh, yeah. That's why for me, Bishop Ogo's coming is very precious. Oh, yeah. I struggled with crusades. Every crusade was a struggle. Yeah. Every time I was praying, I'd be asking God about who Christ sent me. Yeah. On the day, I was saying that, hey, who Christ sent me? Yeah. Huh. You could have been sitting in your chair, but who has sent you? Yeah. And yet things are boiling. Then I'll go and do by the damn time I'm doing the next one, I'm crying. Until one day, I believe that God must have spoken to the photographer of Bishop, of Bishop Ogo's church. That's why when you are a photographer and you don't do proper, I am wild on you. Because one day I was, you see, I do Facebook visitation. I don't have any dubious person on it, only churches. So I was doing my Facebook visitation. Because you learn from one from another. Say so you, you know everything. Me, I know I don't know. Then I saw pictures from Bishop Ogo's church. He had gone to do a crusade. And this time his cameraman said, hey, whoever you are, may the Lord bless you where you are. He took photographs of the preparation. He took photographs of the setup. He took photographs of the different groupings. All this was happening before the real crusade. He had the photographs were there. When he finished, he took photographs of the main function. At that time, I used to go and do my crusades. I'll have this big group, this big choir. When they're even standing, how to stand is an issue. Then I realized that they rather had broken down their choir into smaller groups. Suddenly, it's as if they have 10 choirs. And each group is just seven, eight people, seven, eight people. I said, oh, I have received wisdom. I told the people, I said, look, open this page, open it. What do you see there? Copy it. I said, copy, even if it's how they are dressed, copy it. Hmm. Do you know where the anointing is? Do you know whether the anointing is in their shoes? Copy it. <laughs> copy it. We did a perfect photocopy of Bishop Ogo's crusade. Today, I have members in the church from that crusade. Yeah, we did it. Everything, we copied it, Pepe, Pepe. We didn't even leave out the pictures after. There were pictures after, where he had taken pictures with each group, the ashes, they're saying, we took and we did that one too. <laughs> Pastor, what is the use of that? You're asking me what's the use of that? I don't know whether the anointing is in those pictures. So take some. Yeah. We're just trying to copy as closely as we can. That was the last day I had problems with crusade. 
Then this book also came to add. Copy, copy somebody. Hmm. Uh, please, what did you tell us yesterday? You are like the person you follow, and something you said something. Uh, you are like the one you follow. Uh. Let us move on. So, true son, you must have your father's feet. The next one. A true son, and please, our father is going everywhere. We must begin to run to run into each other in different places. I'm coming to do a crusade. I was also coming to do a crusade. Oh, really? Which day? I'm doing Tuesday, Wednesday. I said, okay, I'm coming Thursday, Friday. Or I'm doing it on the park here. Okay, I'll be over here. When we're about to start, we shall tell you, are you guys okay? Are you still working? Oh, yes, it's doing well. That's it. You see, some of you are so territorial, they must leave this place for you. Hey, there are some people who will never come to your crusade. They'll never come to your church. Ah, you're looking at me. Look, there's a very sweet hairdresser just outside my gate. She's even my friend, very nice girl. That's not where I do my hair. Why? Because that's how it is. When I drive out, turn left. One, two, then we get to station. Between here and campus, there are about seven or eight. I don't stop anywhere. I go on to come. I drive. 10, 15. Uh, Danny, how many minutes do we drive? About 10 or 15 minutes. Meanwhile, there's one here. Why? Because that's how it is with the church. The person is opposite your church, but you go to church across town. And another one from somewhere will come to your church. Stop the territorialism. Just do. The world is for us. Go and do what you must do. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's why you need to run. That's why you need to run. That's why you need fast feet. And when you meet each other, just bless each other and go your way. A true son must have, must have his father's eyes. The elder brother, he didn't see. He must have his father's eyes. You see, you can be seen, but you don't see. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not. So you can be looking at something, but you don't see. And some of us, we are watching our father every day, every week, but we are not seeing we are not seeing that the engine that is under this man is evangelism. We don't see it. We know, yes, there's healing Jesus, but you don't see what it does. May our eyes be open. May we see. Amen. Our, our Lord is looking for them all the time. I, I was fascinated by this scripture in Job chapter 31 and verse 1. The King James says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? But the NLT says it a bit clearer. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. You know. <laughs> and that's why I want to say to you that make a covenant with your eyes to see the lost. What do you see when you pass the crowds of people? What do you see? What do you see when you see people in the clubs? Or do you even see them at all? Or you are so into yourself and into where you are that you cannot see? But now, make an agreement with your eyes. Eyes, we will see. Eyes, we will see. And see the people around you. Then you won't have to ask, where's my mission field? Maybe it's even right outside the door of where you live. So it's a decision. Decide that you will see the lost. The day you start seeing the lost, that's the day your church will start getting full. Hallelujah. And the last one. A true son has his father's expressions of love. 
You see, this father, we take it for granted that he was hugging his son. The Bible said he saw him a far place, I mean, a distance away. He ran, he, you know, hugged him, put his arms around him. That's a hug. And then said what? He kissed him, and then he started saying things. <laughs> you see, you say he's his son. Have you ever hugged your son when he's smelling after coming from the pigsty? He didn't have a house. He hadn't bathed for some time. He looked like probably one of these madmen that's walking around the street. You should understand that it was a supernatural love that was moving that father. And we need to have that supernatural love. Some of us, we are so tight in our churches, nobody can come there. What happens to the people who wander into your church? You, you didn't go, but God brought them. What happens to them? Does anybody even say hello? Does anyone even talk to them after church? Does anybody visit them? You did churches, we used to do IDLO identify and locate it's done on sunday not monday oh okay sorry they didn't come to church today mercy write it down and do it add it to your church add it we have come to the place where we feel that we know everything but we have left everything we've left it this man just <laughs> he loved him and he went do we still love the visitors the unbelievers or those that god just sends to us do we mind them at all? Wow. We loved him. We loved him because he first loved us. Some of us, we're not able to love because we have been perverted. Our love has become corrupted. But in this meeting, the Lord is washing us. In this meeting, the Lord is cleaning us. In this meeting, I want you to feel the presence of the Spirit and feel that something is happening to you. Something is happening to you. I want you to rise up onto your feet. I want you to begin to talk to God and say, Lord, I need your purpose. I need your plan. Talk to the Lord this morning. Talk to the Lord this morning. Talk to the Lord this morning. Talk. Speak to the Lord. Rima kababa, rima kababa, rima kababa, rima kababa, rima Something must change in us. You want to say, you know, as you are standing, ask yourself, am I the elder brother? If you see that you are the older brother, say to yourself, I'm changing. I've changed. I've changed. <laughs> Oh, I cannot hear you praying. I cannot hear you praying. 
Something is changing in us this morning. Something is changing. There's an old song. I will never be the same again. This morning, let it be your prayer. I will never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I'll run the race. And I will never be the same. Maybe you don't know the song, but the words are there. I will never be the same again. I will never return. Let it be your prayer. I've closed the door. Again and again, again and 
away the child. Burn away the child and let the flame burn to glorify your name. You're singing, you're saying, I'll never be. It's a confession. The same. A change is coming over you. A change is coming over you. A change is coming over your ministry. A change is coming into your church. A change is coming into your life. You're walking on the path. You're running the race. Your feet are going to be fast. Oh yes. I see somebody running. I see somebody catching a fire. I see somebody beginning to sail. I see crowds beginning to gather because of someone. I hear the sound of a abundance of rain. The gospel being preached. The gospel being preached. Souls being saved. Souls coming to Christ. Churches being full. Oh yes, I feel it this morning. be the same I'll never oh I'll never 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 be the same I'll never be the same I'll never be the same be the same just let an anointing flow over you this morning just let the spirit of God minister to you this morning you may think that you are a little girl but the word in your mouth is power you may think you are a young man who will listen to you but the power of the word is enough you may say I'm an old man I've come too far but let that spirit let it enter into your body may you have the strength of Caleb to say these 40 years these 40 years I've been here if you give it to me again I will do it again just receive a fresh we are so grateful we thank you for grace we thank you for mercy we thank you for your word to us thank you God that you have opened our eyes we will not be the older the elder brother but we'll be like the father we will see we will run we will get there we will preach the gospel in season out of season souls will be saved and added to your house we will be people of vision our vision will make us do things of God. We thank you. We have the Father's vision. To you indeed be all the glory. To you be all the praise. In Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen. Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is speaking to somebody said you used to run but you're gonna fly from now you're gonna fly you'll get there faster you'll get there quicker you will do more and my word will be like a fire in your mouth 
and my word will be like a hammer in your mouth and your word my word will go forth through you souls will be saved oh yes my purpose will be done my purpose will be fulfilled my purpose will be fulfilled my purpose will be fulfilled father we give you praise we thank you we thank you in jesus name and all the saints shall say amen amen